media platform. You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. When Christian Speak Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry, we are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed to PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul When Christian Speak Talk Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, so all of your gifts to this ministry are tax deductible. So go out to our website, www.whenchristianspeak.com, and click on our donation page. Adoration is defined as an intense admiration of the Lord Jesus Christ, culminating in our reverence and worship of Him. Our broadcast is dedicated to exploring the many ways we show our adoration in prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, praise, worship, dance, song, missions, outreach, and Bible study. In adoration, we come before our Lord to have frank and compelling conversation with believers who embody the act of uncompromising appreciation for how the Lord provides for us and to reverence the very essence of who he is. We invite our listeners to sojourn with us to the throne of grace each month and continue to draw nigh to our Savior in love through our adoration. Love 
and um, so yes, who knew? Already uh, in the month of June, in fact, halfway through June, before I even forget, uh, just want to give a quick shout out for yesterday being Father's Day. And so for all the men who are able to call themselves father, whether biologically or whether just because they have adopted some individuals into their families, whether we're talking about those that have gone on to glory or those who are right here, right now, just doing the work of fatherhood right in the midst and doing it in the way that God would have us to raise our children. We salute you here at Adoration, and we pray that you had a wonderful time in the Lord and with your families on yesterday. And we also are just so excited for everyone who has supported this ministry over the past three years now. I can't believe I've actually been on air for three years and we have gone in many different directions and through it all you all have been faithful you all have been encouraging and for that I am so in awe of Christ Jesus and his faithful servants the body of believers that support not only this program adoration but also support the other programs that are featured on the When Christians Speak Talk Radio Network. We are blessed to have you all listening in, whether you're listening in live right now or will listen in via the podcast later on. We just thank you. We welcome you into our atmosphere of worship. And tonight, I'm not going to belabor this because I have a young lady online with us. Now, you know how I do these things, everyone. I have to give a setup story. You know, I could read a bio. I was given a bio. And even though I have it for my personal use, I'd rather tell the story of how I actually encounter everybody who makes their way onto the program. So I believe it was in the month of April of this year that my wife, Myra, and I had an opportunity to go up to Pennsylvania, uh, where we were part of the New Life Missionary Training Session that took place on a Saturday over at, um, with our friends at Macedonia Baptist Church. I'm going to shout them out uh, in Norristown, Pennsylvania. That church is under the leadership of Pastor Byron Craig and his wife, Lady Miriam. But let me tell you, everyone, you know, me and Myra, we're always, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to approach this? Because, you know, we, we normally just split up our time, and she says her thing, and usually I come in on the, the back end and kind of close us out as a couple. But we had this fireball of a presence 
that started everything off. You can go ahead and laugh, Tim, because, you know, this is what we do here. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, so I've already given her name. So we have with us uh, Timwa Wright, and she is the executive director of Pomoza International. But I, I, before we even get to that, all I knew at that point was that there's a young lady that was getting ready to come up to speak about what she's doing in Malawi. And all of a sudden, this meek, what I thought was going to be a quiet presence, turned into something else that by the time she was done, I don't know about anybody else in that place, but I was like, let's go on the mission field like right now. So... <laughs> oh, that's how it should work. Leave everyone inspired to do more. That's right. Well, I was definitely inspired. And here's the thing, everybody. Look, when she got done, I it was almost like I could see the glory cloud. And I just said, you know what? I don't even know, Myra, if we even have to speak anymore because I believe <laughs> that the atmosphere has been set for God to do his wonderful work and things to the people Amen. that were there. Amen. Amen. But Amen. you know what, yes. on a serious note, um, we do. We welcome you, Timwa, to adoration, and we're so Thank thankful you. to have you with us. Amen. So, you know, and I got to do this. I'm thankful to be here. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but you know what, everybody, no matter what I've just said, the most important thing that you have to understand is that Timwa is married to Mr. Wright. And whether you want to spell that, the one and only. And and whether you're talking about the W-R-I-G-H-T version or the R-I-G-H-T version. Either way, she's married to the one, Mr. Wright. And for that... Yeah, so uh, for all the ladies who are looking, all the ladies who are looking for Mr. Wright, I'm sorry, he's already taken. I snabbed him. (laughs) I don't know what's left out there, but I got Mr. Wright. (laughs) Amen. And so, look, because I have to... I have to look out for my my brother tonight. So believe it or not, Mr. Wright actually has a first name, and his name is James. And so, James, if you're listening out there, we uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing uh, Mrs. Wright with us tonight. And um, we're just looking forward to just having a wonderful conversation. And I am just thrilled out of my mind that um, we were able to do this so shortly after we met. So, with that said, welcome to Adoration, Timwa. Thank you for having me, Mac. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, you know, with most uh, programs, I think the best way to get things rolling is to really just start from the very beginning and just to tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Right. Thank you for that. You know what? Even before we go into my upbringing, I must say, Mac, when you broke out in song and started singing, and I know because Myra, your wife, had told me you are musically gifted, and you were singing 
uh, Oh, How Jesus Loves Me. I said, oh, my goodness, I love this song. But my voice is for God's ears only, right? So I had to mute my mic <laughs> to protect your listeners because I was singing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> and I love, love praising the Lord. But I usually praise him through dance. That's the safer option. <laughs> but I was just belting out along with you. I just had to protect your listeners. That's why you couldn't hear my sigh. Amen. Well, you know what? When God reveals your your true gifts, I think you ought to honor Him. <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to leave leave the singing to those who've been gifted. But if you come to my church on any Sunday, you cannot keep me out of the aisles. I am dancing and dancing along. I just love praising him through dance. My kids are like, Mom, please don't do it. Don't do it. Please sit down this time. I can't help it. I'm up off my seat, jumping and dancing. It just comes out of me. That's how I praise him. So I'm I'm just so thankful God has gifted us in so many different ways. And that is a beautiful thing. And don't change a thing because, you know, even in the midst of that, you know, I could go scripture on you, you know, uh, it, it, you know, we are supposed to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye <laughs> lands. <laughs> yes, well, I got the joyful part, and it's definitely noise, but it's all good. God, God loves it. That's why it's for his ears. <laughs> but, I, you know, but I, I really... I'm so happy we connected. And like you were saying, you're asking how it all started. So, you know, I am Malawian by birth. I was born in Malawi, Africa, and I came here when I was really young. I was like nine years old. I'm in my, almost in my 40s. Believe it or not, if if you guys see me, I mean, you can't see me on radio, but Magda, like this little woman coming to to the mic and talking about (laughs) missions work, I look very young, but I'm old. I'm an old spirit. Um, And I've been in the U.S. a long time. Um, But like most immigrants, we really came here looking for a better life, better education, work opportunities, um, better health care, better everything, because, you know, life was hard in Malawi. And for all intents and purposes, we were able to get that better life. I graduated from college here. I got my graduate degree, my master's in social work here. I met Mr. Wright, right? I had my three children. A house, a car, I was set. I was good. I was comfortable, and I was just floating. I was good. But I really felt the Lord just challenging me. This was around 2013, just knocking on my heart like, yo, Temwa, I didn't bless you just for you to be comfortable. I blessed you to be a blessing. I blessed you to be a blessing. And that was the time I really just cried out. I prayed and I fasted for God's direction because I really felt him leading me to do missions work full-time, which meant leaving my full-time job at the time, which supplied more than 50% of the income in the house. So it was a huge decision. Um, But I'll tell you, without a doubt, it was one of those decisions that after really praying and seeking the Lord and hearing him clearly about the direction where we should go as a family, And we said yes by faith, and we just took that leap of faith. We have not looked back once. It's been such a blessing to be his servant in the mission field. Amen. And you know what? Honestly, Tim, that encourages me because I I don't think you know this, but I'm going to share with you and our audience as well. Um, I'm two weeks away from retiring from my secular position 
And um, it is just totally a leap of faith where Myra and I are just going to, you know, we're going to do, uh, you know, our ministry work in Guatemala. But, you know, for me, mm-hmm. I'm all over the place. So um, we're we're looking forward to being able to just go to the world. Uh, in October, mm-hmm. we'll be in um, Rwanda and the Congo. Yeah. And and then um, probably, uh, I think we're going to probably do this in 2020, uh, actually thinking about hanging out with you guys. I, I haven't talked to the wife yet, so I, I need to get okay. permission. But, but, um, <laughs> but. Um, an important but step, an important step. <laughs> yes, 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 very important. Uh, but then also uh, we may have an opportunity in uh, Nepal in Southeast oh, yeah. Asia. So amazing. Yeah, so, amazing. Yeah, so you know, but you know, I remember you sharing that um when you were giving your presentation in April and um I was just so excited to just uh hear your story about just, you know, stepping out on faith, you know, because again, if God is given the vision, he makes provision for what uh Absolutely. he wants us to do. Absolutely. And that's what I've really seen the Lord do faithfully over and over again. He provides for his work. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to slightly back up just a little bit because we we got your um, comments uh, in reference to the move of Christ in your life. But how did you actually get to that point? How, you know, what what yeah. happened that led you to salvation? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I grew up as a Christian, right, in um in a Christian home and um but everybody has their own come to Jesus moment, right? Um and so yeah. my parents, first of all, there there's several missionaries I have gone to Malawi and missionaries actually impacted my family's life. My my brother was actually named after a missionary. And so faith has been very important in my family's journey. Uh, we grew up in a Presbyterian church in Malawi and even when we moved to, to the US we were going to church. But it wasn't really until I was um almost out of high school that I got to know the Lord for myself, and unfortunately, it was after a whole lot of mistakes <laughs> and a lot of poor decisions, right? You you know, you, you always have to, I don't know, have have these, these moments of just, all I can say is stupidity, because I look back and I'm like, why, why would you do that? Why would you make these decisions? But I would tell you, without a doubt, I think this, what needed to happen is I needed to have faith in the Lord for myself to see him move in my life with such power to say, you know what, this is a God worth, like, this is a God worth believing. This God loves me no matter what muck and dirtiness I come in, what condition I come in, he loves me regardless, and he is always consistent regardless of our issues. So for me, and after high school, I was always like a really great student, straight-A student. Um, I was like a vice chair, uh, vice president for my class, everything that a student could do right, I did right. But I made some 
bad decisions. I had gotten involved with some uh, people I shouldn't have gotten involved with. And I went in a, a very dark time in my life where I just was interacting with the wrong people. And I was meeting people online. I was interacting with people I shouldn't be, people way older than me. And it's just by the grace of God that I'm alive because I could have been raped. I could have been killed. And I just, it was like I was trying to fill a hole in my heart that I couldn't fill with anyone but the Lord. But I was putting all this other stuff trying to fill this hole because I could feel the hole and I'm interacting with people I shouldn't interact with, doing things I shouldn't do, but it's only the Lord who could fill it. And so it was after, after I was actually, I used to live in Alaska. So this, the, the darkest time in my life actually happened in Alaska. And I think it was because you don't really realize, um, as a human being, how much you need light and how much you need like normal <laughs> things that you take for granted. Alaska can get really cold and really dark, and I would just get so sad. And that's when I started meeting people online and just doing ridiculous things I shouldn't be. But what happened is I ended up having a teenage pregnancy, and I um, got pregnant young, very young. I had actually, I was fortunate enough to graduate from high school early. So I was actually already in college, but I found myself pregnant, and I said to myself, my goodness, my parents will never, ever accept me like this. My family is very strict, conservative. They did everything to raise their kids upright. I mean, they migrated all the way here to give us better opportunities, and here I go screwing it up with a teenage pregnancy. But let me tell you, Mac, the the love and acceptance I received from my parents when my daughter was born I just, it was like this unconditional, you know, no matter how messed up you are, no matter what decision you make, we are always going to be here as a family. And I saw Christ in them, you know, and I really, to me, it was a turning point. It was a, a serious turning point just to realize God's love, unconditional love for his children. We are his children, no matter what detour you take, you can always get back on track on the path back to the Lord's love. And that was a time for me after I had my daughter and I realized I could never lose God's love just the way my parents were there for me unconditionally when I thought I was going to be a total throwaway. Um, yeah, so, you know, it, it was a lot of little turns. It wasn't like a specific date. It was like a bunch of mistakes that led to really realizing God had always been there regardless of my issues and my inconsistencies and my pitfalls and my poor judgment you know wow wow so if we were to just have you just for a moment uh we're, we're going to pretend just for a moment that uh you're leading this discussion and now you're talking mm -hmm. directly to our audience just for yeah. words of encouragement for those that may have done something similar to you yeah. and definitely uh, I'm in that same boat where, you know, it's not always like, you know, just born up as a Christian and everything is just yeah. smooth and, all, you know, like, there there are detours along oh, the way. Yeah. What would you say to yeah. our audience right now? As well, you know, I think the most important, right, I think the most important thing right now, as a Christian myself, I always have to remind myself where I came from. And the detours I did take in my life, because sometimes you forget and you should never, ever forget. Your testimony 
is your most powerful tool because people, you need to be real with people. You you can't try to hide the dirt, you know? Like, I mean, I did some really dirty things to just be so ashamed of, right? But that shame could be somebody's sanctification. That could be somebody's way out. That could be somebody's, you know, path back to say, you know what, if you could have messed up that bad and you still love the Lord and the Lord still loves you, then there's a chance for me. So I think the best thing I could really say to, in terms of advice for listeners is, especially if you're a Christian listening in, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget the detours you took in life and the path you found your way back to the Lord because that story could be somebody else's encouragement. And and that's really what wins people to Christ is our relationship with them. And part of being in a relationship with them is being real with where we've been. And sometimes that's just yeah. sad. It's not, it's not comfortable to talk about, but you got to talk about it. Yes. Amen. Look, I, I want to actually share with you and our audience something because what you just touched on, uh, my wife and I, we – we uh, somehow, some way, it has to be God. First um, Corinthians 13 has really been mm-hmm. popping up in all kind of uh, shapes and forms here in the last uh, few weeks for us. And when you said that you have to be real, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be real and transparent. I want to I want to just read this for you and our audience. This is actually 1 Corinthians uh chapter 13 and I'm going to start uh actually with uh, uh verse 11. Because it says when I was a child I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man and we know that means just to became mature I put away childish things. And here's the key, and this is where you're at, Timwa. For now, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now mm. I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest mm-hmm. of these is charity. Okay. And, yeah. you know, when you were, when you were sharing, um, ultimately the gospel is not just the good news of Jesus Christ, but it's also the sharing of love. And yeah. if we are not sharing that love transparently and honestly, and if we haven't even looked into our own glass and looked at ourselves and made peace with God and with ourselves, how can we ever minister to anyone else? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I'm sorry, you just pulled all that out of me and I had to go to it real quick. Yeah, no. And you know what? And, and, and even, even with raising my children, I have three children, 10-year-old, 12-year-old, and 18-year-old, the, the one I had when I was younger. And yeah. even in raising with them, I'm constantly challenged 
because I know there's certain pieces of myself and my journey I want to keep from them because I don't want them to make dumb decisions. I don't want them to try the things I did. I want them to learn from my mistakes. <laughs> but sometimes what happens is you don't tell them anything at all, and then they don't realize, you know what, this is as real as it gets. When you're real with people, one, they trust the message that you have to share with them, and then two, the truth of the matter is God has given us choice and free will. He wants us to choose him freely, and you can't force a choice on somebody, you know. So the more information you give them to be able to freely choose the Lord, that that's when real relationship happens, it, not just between two people, but also with the Lord, with God. So I really think we have to get out of the space of like feeling like, I'm a Christian now. I can't do this. I can't say this. I, I, this is a thing of my past. I'll never bring it back up um, because that's how you can connect with people who are still there. That's why he gave you that experience right. so that you can connect with people who are still there and show them that's what right. awaits them. Mm, mm, mm. Absolutely. You know, again, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the words of our testimony. I mean, that, that's Bible. And, and, and that's, yeah. you're absolutely correct. And, and, you know, right now I'm praying in the name of Christ Jesus that just in what you shared so far that, you know, someone is saying, oh, wow, maybe the light bulb has finally yeah. gone on. And, 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 you know, you can't, allow oneself to continue to be weighted down in the things we did that were wrong when God has already forgiven us. Yes, and so, exactly. <laughs> and so thank you, thank you so much for sharing um, on that point. Now, I'm going to get into one of your favorite, favorite conversations. So, you know, as much as we enjoy hearing about your personal testimony and, you know, coming uh, to the United States via Malawi and then living in Alaska and, and all this, what we really came here to talk about is the mission, the assignment that God has given you through Pomoza yeah. International. So why don't you tell our audience what Pomoza is all about? That's right. So Pomoza, as you can already tell, is not an English word. So Pomoza is a Tumbuka word. It's like one of the languages in uh, in Malawi, um, Tumbuka. And Pomoza means together. And we use the term together to really capture the essence of how we work with the communities that we serve in rural Malawi, Africa. We believe in working together, Pomoza, with the people we serve and together with people like you who are listening to improve and transform the lives of people. And we really believe in bringing together privileged and underprivileged people because we believe people in the U.S., even if you don't feel like it, you are living a life of privilege and a life that you have opportunities to share some of the resources you've been blessed with, right, as Americans. So we really believe in building together, bringing together privileged and underprivileged people to improve the quality of life. We work with in rural Malawi, and we have five focus areas, uh, Christian outreach, healthcare, education, entrepreneurship, and agriculture. 
And we really believe in like a holistic approach to uh, transforming the lives of people. And um, so one of the things, you know, just as Jesus did, because when you really think about the life of Jesus, he wasn't just going out there talking about parables and talking about the kingdom of God coming. He was meeting real physical needs. He healed the blind. And if you were deaf, you could hear again. If you were lame, you could walk again. I mean, if you had leprosy, like he actually had physical needs that he was meeting. And that's why thousands of people were following him. Thousands of people. They wanted it. I always wonder though, Matt, like how in the world did thousands of people hear what he had to say with no microphone or megaphone? (laughs) But I just imagine 3,000 people all, like, hanging around Jesus. Nobody can hear a thing. But they're like, oh, that guy, he can help me. I know he has the magic touch. But um, that's what he did. He really did. He came here to also just meet spiritual and physical needs. And that's what we believe. That's what we believe in at Pomoza is really reaching people with the gospel, which is the most important part of our work because it's transformative. If you change somebody's heart and introduce Christ to them. There's nothing that's beyond them. Like, you know, like you've just changed their life forever. Uh, but we also provide health care and education and access for them to make money and um, even ways for them to farm enough so that they can have enough food for their family. These are all important aspects. So Pomoza, we've been a nonprofit since 2011, but we are now serving more than 12,000 people. We started with one community, a little community okay. in rural Malawi, and we've just grown to now we have 20 rural communities that we're in. And it's just by the grace of God that the work has been spreading because it's like it's like on fire. I mean, you know I get excited about talking about ministry. I get of super course. excited. But Be excited, my sister. Be excited. <laughs> you know, it's, because for me, it's like you see the Lord at work. I always tell people, God doesn't need you to do the work he allows you for your own transformation and for his glory. So ultimately, all this is all about glorifying his work and his name because he is in charge of it. He's the one who's leading the way. He's the one who's changing hearts and minds. He just gives us the opportunity to be part of it because we're changed in that process. And that's exciting. So now because I realize I'm not needed but I'm allowed, because it's, it's 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 making me a better person and it's helping me to glorify him. Now that I realize that, I I now take myself out of the picture a lot because it's not about what I am doing. It's not about how many Bibles I can, tra- you know, distribute that are translated into Buka, how many people I can pray with, how many people, because it's really the Lord's work. It's really the Lord's work. Amen. Um, Amen. So, yeah, it's. That's that's what that's what Pomoza is about. That's what we've been doing for uh, the last ten plus years, um, and uh, it's really exciting to be a servant in, in the mission field in Malawi, Africa. Amen. And just again for those who may just be uh, coming on board live, uh, we are blessed here at Adoration to have uh, Timwa. Wright, who is the executive director of Pomoza International, and that is a ministry that uh, ministers not only Christ, but uh, actually just uh, provides provision and uh, supplies need to the people of Malawi. And we were just talking about uh, some of the aspects of Pomoza as far as the uh, Christian outreach and 
entrepreneurship and education, health care, and agriculture. Yeah, but <laughs> yes, I'm in there. I told you. You see, you think we, you, you think I didn't do my homework? I'm in there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But here's the thing, though. Um, for just for our listening audience, because sometimes, like what you're doing as an executive director can seem so daunting, so intimidating. Give us an idea. I, I don't necessarily want to say yeah. like what your normal day is like, but but right. what did it take to actually right. like what does it take? Get- yes. You yes. know yes. it's such a cool question you're asking because when I was first called into missions by the Lord and I was like, Ah, uh, you got the wrong one, God, first of all <laughs> I was like, are you sure you're calling the right person? I got three mouths to feed at home. My my job is more than 50% of the household. You're saying quit this and do what full time? Something that doesn't guarantee any pay. I don't know how we're going to be living, right? And I was very hesitant. But one of the things I was most hesitant about was I just felt like I, I wasn't equipped. I said, I am not like a missionary. I was like, I, I I have the worst memory in the world. I can't remember exact scriptures out of the Bible. I just know it's in there. I'll say I know it's in the Old Testament and such and such book. I don't know. I have terrible memory. I you know I I get nervous talking about God sometimes. You know, and I was just like I just felt like maybe you have the wrong person. And so what he showed me was. He is, he is such an amazing God that we serve because he's literally blessed all of us with individual gifts that are specific for the purpose that he's called us to. And he will expose to you, one, he will expose your gift, and then two, he will direct you on how to use it. And the gift he had exposed to me was the gift of speech. And he exposed that to me in um, a secular way because my parent, my children attend a public school in Philadelphia, and the school was uh, proposed to be shut down. Uh, So it was going to be shut down, and I really love my kids' school. It's a great school, although it's a public school, and there's a lot of assumptions about public schools. I said, you know, you've not walked into this school. It is a gem. It is amazing. And as I was talking about this school that I love for my kids, and I was before the school board, and I, I, all of a sudden I was just so passionate about this issue, do not close my kids' school down. The news was there. The, the, I was, like, on, on TV and the newspaper and in front of the boards, and everybody was like, oh, this parent is a huge advocate for public education. And I became the spokesperson for this movement. It became a, a nine-month movement to keep the school from being closed. Now, check this out. This is You have to be very attuned to what the Lord is saying to you and when a season is over. So, I became the spokesperson to save the school, and and everybody was like, man, when you speak, people just listen to you. Like, I've, I've never seen anything like it. And what the Lord was revealing to me is that when I'm passionate about something, I have the ability to draw people into that passion and that zeal, okay? And so Amen. after we were successful, and it's it's wonderful, and so after we were successful, because this next part I'm going to say is really important. I say this everywhere I go whenever I'm speaking about the work and the Lord and how he moved me to this position. 
when when we successfully kept the school from closing, I had so many invitations. Can you be on this committee and this task group and this? We need a parent to be talking about this. We need another public education advocate for this. All these invitations. And I clearly heard the Lord saying, I exposed the gift to you. Don't prostitute the gift. Don't prostitute my gift. Because what happened was, it was only for a season for me to realize and to know that he's given me this gift, but the ultimate reason was to use for his purpose on the field. And he literally said, you're nervous about doing full-time missions. Well, I didn't ask you to go reciting the whole Bible to people. What I want you to do is use your gift, which is the word, like drawing people into your passion. Use your gift, and all you have to do is talk about the work I'm doing. This is this is how I heard the Lord speaking to me. I got to say it the way I heard it. All you have to do is talk about the work I'm doing in Malawi and I'll open up tumors. And that's it. Like so when you ask my me God. what's my job as executive director, my job is to speak about God's work in Malawi. That's that's literally my <laughs> job in a nutshell. Speak about God's work cuz that's the directive I heard from him. And it's aligned with the gift he's given me. When I try to do anything else, that's why I decided I'm, I totally flop. It's not, I'm like, that's not my thing. I literally have one directive. <laughs> Speak about his work in Malawi, Africa. Well, obviously, <laughs> it works. Yeah, and obviously it works because, by golly, look where you are right now talking to me and why did I say you were talking to me because this fireball stood up and just started to express and to expound and I was like who is this force of nature (laughs) (laughs) right and then you know and it's so interesting because I literally I don't even know how it happens that's why I know it's God because he he's He's so faithful, and as I've been, as I've been following what he's told me to do, he is doing what he's promised, which is providing for his work and opening up the doors and the connections that keep coming. I just don't. I say, Lord, I, I'm gonna one day. I'm gonna stop being amazed because obviously we shouldn't be amazed because God is God and that's what He does. But I'm always amazed because it's just so awesome. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, well, so that's you my know job. What? That's it. That's it. that's a beautiful that's a beautiful thing. And uh, you know, so uh, I kind of teased this earlier on, but you guys are going to do a mission trip August of 2020. And that's if correct. I did my homework right, and, and you test me on this. I believe that you're prepared for up to 12 people. Is that accurate? That is correct. Uh, but it's not August, oh. so the actual dates are, it's June. Oh, uh, what is, what is it? Let me look. It's actually June 17 to July 3rd. We moved it up. I think now it's like June 15 to July oh, okay. 3rd. Okay. So we, we go, but it's in the summer. Uh, it's about, you know, it's about 17, 18 days. And uh, we are taking up to 12 people. And we do mission trips very different. So the Pomoza model for mission trips is, this is how the Pomoza way is. The together way is we are going into the communities where we work to 
work alongside those we serve. We are not creating anything new for the team to do. We are literally going to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ in Malawi, helping them and working alongside them on the things they're already doing. Because like I told you, we have a lot of projects. I mean, I can go days and talk about the many different things. But for an example, because of our approach, we really believe in sustainability. So we engage the community in everything because these are their projects. This is their community. This is their country. And effective missions is really about coming to serve, not necessarily doing something that makes you feel good and say, oh, look, we built XYZ. Not to say anything bad about going and building something, but how much more powerful it is to say, wow, the community is doing this, and we are going to come and actually work alongside them. Because when you leave, success is whatever you've been working on still continuing after you leave. That's our model for success. Literally, success is no longer being needed. If you're always needed, you haven't changed anything. Right? So you you think about if you're going to church and if you are always relying on your pastor to understand the Bible and the only time you open up your Bible is when you're at church, well, you have not successfully accessed the Lord for yourself. And, and Christ, right here in the Bible, you're only doing it whenever somebody is preaching to you. So success is no longer being needed. That means when you're doing something really sustainable and effective, you are helping those people be able to do for themselves, teaching them how to fish so that they can meet their needs beyond your intervention and your support. And I was getting ready to say, and and, and I really, I always emphasize this when I'm, when I'm sharing the work of Pomoza, but for an example, Hunger is a huge problem in Malawi, especially in rural Malawi, where people have to grow their own food. Well, we started a school breakfast program where we're feeding about 1,500 kids every school day. Now, the program was when we when we first started, we saw the kids were coming home. They were coming to school hungry. We were like, oh, let's get up. Let's make points. Let's feed them. Well, that's not sustainable. How long are you going to be preparing breakfast for the kids all school year? So we talked to the chiefs, we talked to the community, we said, can we find some land, chiefs, because they have influence in their communities, designate some land where the community members can grow the corn that's used for the porridge. They eat porridge for breakfast. So we have four schools we work with, and each school has a community farm, and villagers take turns growing corn on the community farm. And then they take turns preparing breakfast. They make their own flour, so that means you got to get the corn, shuck it, you got to take the kernels off, you got to grind it by hand, or if you have money, at the maize meal. It's a long process, but they make their own flour from scratch. Okay. Now, they know how to grow food. What we did is we said, we know the kids are hungry. You have land, you know how to farm. How can we work together to meet this need? We don't believe in paying for things that the community can do themselves. So they actually, all the labor is from the community. They grow the food. They come. They volunteer. They take turns week after week, mostly the women. They do a lot of work. And they prepare breakfast for the kids. What do we do as an organization? We provide sugar, salt, and utensils, spoons, bowls, and soap so the kids can wash their hands. But these are the bare essentials for the programs. Most of the work is happening and coming from the community. 
because of this approach, it only costs us about $10 per student per year to provide school breakfast. Wow. 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 Beautiful. $10 per year per student. Why? Because they are doing the work. It's their program. It's their kids. We are only coming alongside and working Pomoza together with them to have a stronger impact. And that's how it works. So when we we talk missions, that's our approach. We're going to come there and we're going to work Pomoza together with them on the things that they have identified as needs and that they already want to do. Amen. That's beautiful. In fact, um, that model is is very close to what um, my nonprofit, Thirst No More Corporation, we 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 follow the same model. If we're in the village, we we talk to the village elders. We you know yeah. we we try to help them uh, based upon their specs and and their expectations, yeah. not to create some kind of westernized structure but to you know literally using uh their communities to build whatever we're you know um been commissioned yeah. to do in those areas so that that's beautiful and and Timwa believe it or not the time goes by so fast that wow. we're, you see that see that it's, I can't it's believe amazing. it it's amazing. It goes way so, too fast. I know, which means that I'm going to probably have to get you on here again at some point because I didn't even get to half the things I wanted to talk about. But I do want to give you an opportunity for those who are listening. Uh, if they want to connect with Pomoza, how would they do that? Right, so we are on social media. You can find us on Facebook to search for Pomoza International. Even Instagram, we're on there, Twitter. Uh, we have our website, which is www.pomoza.org. That's www.p as in Peter, A as in Apple, M as in Mary, O, Z as in Zebra, A, dot O-R-G, Pomoza. And there's lots of information there. Um, you, my contact information is also there. You can look that up. And um, there's information about the mission trip there. If you're interested in coming to Malaya with us, we open up our mission trip to anyone who's interested in, in going. It's not automatic if you apply that you're going to go. It's really we're very prayerful about the team. But you can check out information about that, and there's a link to apply if you're interested. Well, I want to tell our audience now, I know that uh, Tim was being very humble, but there's a tab on here that if you feel like maybe I can't make that mission trip in 2020, but I really have been inspired by what has been shared tonight well, let me tell you, because I am not afraid, Timwa, there is a tab on here that says Donate, and if you go to that tab, they have various ways in which you can give. And so, you know, if you can't make the physical mission, consider giving to the mission. You've heard the work that's being done. You know that it's being led by someone who's God-fearing and Christ-inspired. We need to help 
each other to fulfill the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that mission takes on many forms. So again, just if, just in case you missed it, uh, you can go to www.pomoza, P as in Paul, A, M as in Mary, O, Z as in zebra, A, dot org, and you can see all about them. And truly, like me, consider donating for a worthy cause. Tim I am running out of time here. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Um, it was a pleasure. Thank you, Mac. <laughs> you are so very welcome. With maybe uh, two minutes, if you can condense all that energy for a two-minute comment, is there anything that you want to say? or to share, yeah. to close us oh, out tonight, because the audience yeah, we, is yours. Oh, of course. I'm glad you said that, because I almost forgot. I, I love closing out with our African proverb, which is kind of our model for the organization. Amen. So the proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go Pomoza together. Amen. 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 I, think we, so I think that hope you remember well. that. Yes, absolutely. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Trust me, I've tried both, and the Pomoza way is always better. <laughs> Amen. 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 Tim, again, thank you so much for being with us. Um, it has been a pleasure. We'll have to um, work on maybe getting you back on somewhere before the actual mission trip and just talk about, like I said, there's so many other things that I wanted to get into and time just always gets away when, when the conversation is ripe and filled with the Holy spirit, it always just flows to the point that oh, I'm up against the hour. I gotta, I gotta let yes. it go. But goes so fast. That's why it's so fun to serve the Lord. I, I mean, I, people always say, wow, why do you look so happy? Why are you so full of joy? Because I'm living a life of purpose, and I love that. And God is, is so good when you're in, in, in his midst. So it's a wonderful thing. So maybe I can pray us out in the last one minute or so that we have. Um, okay. Heavenly Father, you're so good. You're so righteous. And I just thank you so much for the opportunity to serve you. I thank you for Evangelist Mac and the work that you're doing through him, Lord, reaching all the people in so many different countries with your message, Lord. And I just pray that you bless him, bless his family, bless his work as he gets ready to retire and just put all his faith in you and you take him on the next journey. I thank you for the work of Pomoza and those that were working with in Rome, Malawi. And I pray for all the ears that are listening to this message right now, that you will touch them as you want them to be touched and moved, Lord. And um, in Jesus' name, we just lift you up and we glorify you. Amen. Amen. For all of you at Adoration, we bid you uh, peace and love in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. And be blessed this evening. Thank you, Timwa. Thank you, Mac.